Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome along to the final Full Throttle Bikes podcast of 2019 from Eurosport. It's exactly half past nine on Saturday night here in Qatar. Greg Haynes with you and I'm joined by the one and only James Whitton. And the one and only Charles Hiscott, which doesn't really work to say the one and only for two people. But anyway, we just did that, uh, the last World Superbike race of the year. That's it, Charles. It's gone like a flash, hasn't it, since Australia? It has, yeah. It's been quite a long season, but uh, yeah, it has gone like a flash. I just... mean, I think uh, for us, uh, Charles uh, does a lot more uh, kind of uh, of the, the pre-event uh, scuttling about getting here four or five days early, doing a lot of the organising, working out who was going to talk to based on what's happened the weekend before. Four or five days early? Uh, sometimes more than that, but only when he's on. No, he, he definitely comes here a couple of days early to every meeting, but I think Argentina went a week early, did you? Had a bit of a look around there. But what I'm saying is, a lot of the organising uh, is done by Charles pre meeting, and it's not done by us. We pitch up at the last minute, waffle along a bit, and then uh, go on. Yeah. Couple of A-listers. <laughs> you do have a lot to do, though, don't you, Charles? Because there's all the track guide to do. You go out with Alex Lowe's when he does his, does his lows down, don't you? You yeah, did a uh, Melandry interview here. I mean, going out with Al, we've done it for pretty much two years, I think now, and he is an absolute pleasure. That, that's a real treat to do that. I mean, that's the good thing about this championship is all the riders, they are all, without exception, really, really nice people. Um, but going out and doing that lows down with Al at the start of every weekend, you get all the gossip, and it's just a pleasure to do. Yeah, uh, and he's really good at yeah, it. Yeah, I was as just well. going to say, not only that, he's exceptionally good. Yeah, very. And now, really happy in front of the camera, and it just gets it always right, doesn't it? It's just, it's good. Well, that's, it's funny you say camera because actually, if we could just get a decent cameraman, we'd be a lot better off. <laughs> <laughs> Our cameraman Daryl Kibblewhite is here. Come round, Asla. Come round the side of the table. It's a big round table. We never hear from the people behind the scenes who, without. It's a cliche, but we can't have a show without a cameraman. Have you had a good weekend, Daryl? I just want to say, Charlie, Gregory Lavilia was looking for you. <laughs> hey, we're friends now. He came up and shook my hand on the grid earlier on. We were actually friends. I managed to uh, make sure he didn't find you with a bit of paella, and, but give yourself five minutes. <laughs> I'd, I'd, that, I'd that go was now, the highlight of the year, wasn't it? Because I'm friends with everybody, I'm going to introduce Dazzler. Uh, Daryl Kibblewhite is uh, one of the top uh, freelance uh, cameramen. Uh, works in all sorts of sports, does a lot in uh, cycling, believe it or not. Well, you won't believe it if you saw him, because he's quite a big fella, and he gets to go on the back of the motorbikes that follow the bicycles round in stuff like the Gira and uh, Vuelta and all that. And... Uh, He's uh, normally the one that comes with, if, if he's free, we'll like to work with Dazzler. And, and all I'll say is, for, for the bits we do, I don't understand the job as well as Charles, but uh, if you can work with a good cameraman, it saves a lot of trouble. I mean, Charlie knows exactly what he wants from a shot. We don't know that, so when we have to do our little parts, it's handy that you can have somebody who actually knows what they're doing, and Dazzler knows what he's doing. He's a bit grumpy at times, but he does know his job. <laughs> so he should be the perfect... Exactly. So it should be the perfect match for Charlie, then, in that case. Uh, I've worked with Daryl for 20 years now, and he's the top of the tree. Nothing else you can say about it. Come back round, Daz. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your role. Yeah, you, you've got to remember, Daryl is in a lot of positions where, like, like the photographers are. So when we're not, uh, we, he has to go out and film what we call paint for the show. You know, lots of shots. So Daryl's always in the garage. Everybody knows him. Daryl knows as much about World Superbikes as anybody. I can assure you, and sometimes more. More. Yeah. And actually, it's it, it's a real partnership. I mean, obviously, Daryl's a great cameraman, and we produce stuff together, but. It's a real partnership, and not to mention, you spend a flipping long time in hotels, on planes, in cars, 
and Daryl puts up with my rubbish and I put up with Daryl's rubbish and we get on all right, don't we, Dazzler? Do you know what? I've got um, so many stories about these two. Go on, then. No. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the best podcast of the year. No, I'll tell you what. If only we were more famous, you'd be able to sell that to a paper, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, What's the grid walk like, Daryl? Because that's become a real highlight of the show, the Charlie has got grid walk. I have to say, for me, it's the most entertaining part of the job. In fact, he's kind of just chuckling and uh, wincing gonna, and you, grimacing. Yeah. <laughs> How can he say that? Did he just say that? <laughs> Basically. And... Uh, I've actually apologised for Charlie on more occasions than yeah, he knows without him even knowing about yeah, it. <laughs> and as for Wit, I think when I first started in Sky doing World Superbikes in about 93, I remember him racing and going through his whole career until he gave up. And I can remember him on his ass going <laughs> skidding down Branzac Strait, wasn't it, I think? Was it? I don't know. I, most of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I want to choose, I'd, I'd, you know, oh, I could... Ride a me, me, me. <laughs> I could... I could <laughs> I could, I could uh, crash anyway, I don't bother. <laughs> Go on, then. let's get on with it. Let's, let's talk about the racing. Yeah, I've just come down from the media centre. Jonathan Ray's just been doing his interviews with the guys up there. I mean, wow, it's happened again. What a weekend. I can't remember. It was 165 points, wasn't it? Team 65, 165. Who would have believed that after the sprint race in here? I thought Ray was going to win the championship. 165 points ahead. Well, if you remember what we were saying uh, three or four rounds in, I think 11 races on the bounce, Bautista won. Yeah. And we'd written Jonathan off already. I mean, he and the team were still saying, well, you know, we're finishing second. It's all we can do at the minute, but we're going to come with some good circuits. First. And we're thinking, yeah, right. A little bit of a thought. Well, just maybe, maybe Assen, maybe Assen. He's exceptionally good there. Now, got to Assen, same again, Bautista wins. Quite dominating Dominated, well. yeah, and, and, and at then we really were giving up because we'd gone to circuits that we knew were going to sue Jonathan, or they were the ones, if any, were going to sue Jonathan, they were the ones. Uh, and we'd given up, but who would have had that? Who would have had that? Donington was the turning point, wasn't yeah, it, yeah, yeah. for him? Donington's yeah, when that, Jonathan took the championship yeah, lead. I mean, Alvaro was obviously starting to make a few mistakes, and I think that he'd got wind that... Actually, he's he, he, he's not. It's not good for Alvaro to get into a fight with Jonathan because you're going to lose basically. And I think his mistakes were coming from pressure that the team and Jonathan and everybody had put on Alvaro. Do you, yeah, do, think, do you believe that? Well, you called it dead right, and you called it. I think at, it might even have been Aragon, and you says these are all the same. No, one Aragon. Where Hereth? Uh, yeah, or Mizano. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you said the. the, the couple of three crashes they're all the same crashes and yes. maybe it's because he's trying to get his head down and he is n not frightened of Johnny but concerned that he has to get away and he's riding he's trying to get away too much yeah. putting too much into it and he's, he's, he's crashing in the same manner yeah. and, it, and I think there's a bit of truth in that so yeah. what do you reckon where this might be a bit unfair but did Kawasaki win this championship or did Ducati lose this championship uh, well I think uh, the combination of Jonathan Ray and his team and the Kawasaki won the championship because, because you know, it, it wasn't like Bautista actually put that bad of a championship together. If you no, look at it, yeah. you know, normally yeah, his performance would have won a championship. Yeah, that's true. Even with the crashes. Chaz yeah. has taken, it's a brand new bike. It's, a, you know, they're developing this year. Alvaro is a bit of an anomaly. <clears throat> um, and actually, if you look at Chaz's season, he's had a normal season for developing a bike. And yes. actually, it took him until about three rounds ago, where were we before Argentina? Uh, Laguna is when he made the breakthrough. So he, he said, um, he used a really interesting phrase, he said, we've now got it into the operating window. Because I asked him about how much, how big the changes he, were, uh, he was doing to the bike. Because sometimes when I spoke to Chas, he said, we're going, you know, we're, we're using the full spectrum and nothing is and changing. It's not doing anything, yeah. 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 They got it into the little window that they needed. He makes little changes and now they're really competitive. We've just seen it. It always yeah, makes me win. Sorry, James. Well, my, my point was, though, that that normal you look at Bautista finish second in the championship and and if you did a normal season if you just look at his results that would have won him a championship but he's up against a man who yeah. is just so good at not making mistakes he's finished every single race as Jonathan yeah. Reddit and they're, they're hard men to beat yeah. they're hard men to beat yeah. He also dedicated the win tonight to his nana, who he said was watching on. He said, I'm going to win this one for you. That was a really nice gesture, wasn't it, from Jonathan Ray? It, it always surprises me that no one else approaches a weekend like they do. They always focus on points from the overall weekend, not just winning one race and finishing sixth in another. That's not going to win the title. This is what I like about them. Jonathan said in that last post-race interview, he said, I can't remember what I asked him, but he said, I was talking about getting blown away by the Ducati. You know, obviously he's had a 
Yeah, bike I mean, that thing is hoofing past him. <laughs> and he still manages to win the race. And I asked him about that, and he yeah. said, look, he said, we set my bike for the last three turns out, of the, out onto that straight. He said, we knew that actually we probably weren't going to win uh, a drag to the line. Uh, so we've, we've concentrated all, all weekend on those last, I think it's last three rights, isn't to it? Get a, get yeah, a gap. to get out onto there and actually make sure he's really strong onto that straight. So knowing he's going to catch him by the end, but he'll be too far behind to be ahead at the line. Clever thinking, Pere, and yeah. it's not just Pere, all of the guys in there. Um, I had a long chat Perry last weekend, and he was saying, you know, you look at the mechanics around there, Muri and um, Arturo and those guys, he said, they do not make mistakes. Yeah, they're all, I mean, this family bubble thing, is, it is real, it, it, it exists, and those guys are untouchable now, I think, because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the respect between them all when you go down there, is, well, they are friends, aren't they, but professionally, it's ideal, I mean, and it's been like that since the start, really, to be honest. Yeah, at this level, it, it, it's a team effort. I mean, you've got to put most, uh, you've got to give most of praise to Jonathan Rees out there doing the job on the bike, and he's the best rider for me in the championship, we know that, but you can't do it without a, a, a savvy team. And like Charlie just said, they don't make mistakes, if they, and they get the best out of This is what I can't understand, how they get the best. They don't make any mistakes, it, not even, it's not like you say they don't make mistakes in terms of, not having the bike doesn't break down, but they also make the right decisions at every yeah. at every point. Exactly that. Exactly that. They're, even, they're a tight unit. But having said that, you've got to remember, they have been at it for a long time. Mm. You know, they've got years of experience. This is why I've always subscribed to the fact that they should change tire manufacturer. Because you look at Kawasaki turning up on a Friday, they know exactly what they need, what tire they've got everything ready because they've got years and years of data. And actually that, you know, if you're BMW, Friday is for finding your feet, do you know what I mean? And that, that's quite a big advantage, I yeah, think. Yeah, I know, I, what Charlie's saying there is, he said this to me, we, we, we always discuss uh, what would uh, make the championship closer, what would make the racing closer, because at times that's what we've needed. And Charlie's theory is, if change tyre manufacturers, nobody would have as much data and people wouldn't be in a, or some of the people wouldn't be in as good a position to know exactly what they were doing with tyres, that'd level the playing field, playing field. And maybe that's true, but I, do you know when you look back at when the rules have changed, the regulations, technical regulations have changed a few times during uh, Kawasaki's tenure at the front of this championship, right? Yeah. And because they're such a good team, rule changes, instead of having the desired effect, which is level the playing field, it actually gives them more of an advantage because they're best placed to get the best out of yeah, the rule changes that they've just been put on them. Mm. So it's... You've got to think that if whatever you chucked at them, they'd work it out before anybody else. Yeah, you're right. So. Although, actually, the good thing about that is, as far as we're aware, I don't know whether you've heard anything, but for next year, we haven't really heard of any technical changes, have we? The last few years, we've heard about balance shafts changing and pistons being standard and all that sort of thing. There's none of that at the moment for next year. That can no, only be a good thing to levitate, can't it? Yeah, and do you know what? If if Jonathan Ray wasn't in this championship, you would be talking about yeah. balancing rules, but you'd be talking about uh, clipping the wings of the Ducati. For sure. Yeah, because 100%. look at the gap be between Bathurst and Lowe. And the fact of it is, you cannot legislate for a rider being better than anybody else, and that is the case at the moment. Alex Lowe's, we obviously know Bathurst has confirmed a second in the championship. Jonathan Ray, of course, winning most races in the end, 17 versus 16. Alex Lowe's, he's got his third place. Quite a few people doubted it, maybe he shouldn't have done, but he's done it. Didn't he do fantastically this weekend? A lot of pressure on, there's a lot at stake. Um, third in the championship is a really important thing, not just because financially you get a massive bonus, um, but it's a really important thing. And actually, there was a lot of pressure on all three riders, actually, to be fair. And Alex, I thought, rode brilliantly, and I was well chuffed for him. I really, really was, and he looked really happy. He's, um, you know, he's, um, he's one of those riders who... I mean, he, I, he could almost accuse him of focusing too hard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's almost too intense sometimes. Mm. But I thought he rode brilliantly this weekend. Top rack, I think, was um, pretty unlucky. But I, th I, I, I think top rack probably felt the pressure a bit. Um, also, they had a technical problem as well. Yeah. Uh, Michael van der Mark was his normal, consistent, <coughs> lovely self, who actually, you know, he, he did his best. And I think it was actually probably fairly just a just, a just end to it for me. It's a weird situation, James. Why have we got the case that, especially for anyone who might be listening for the first time, but even if you're a regular listener, uh, Ducati, their top rider in the Riders' Championship, isn't with them next year. Yamaha, Pata that is, their top rider in the Championship, is leaving next year. Isn't that a bit strange? Uh, it's a little bit strange, but it's the way it goes, really. Peter's fault. Uh, yeah, he, well, he, he kicked all this off, to be quite honest. Bow Bow leaves. <laughs> bow Bow says bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to say that. Oh, very good. Bye um, bye, Bow Bow. Bye bye. And that's. Daryl's face that, is that, tremendous. That has a, a knock on effect, obviously, for everybody. 
doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, Plus yeah. It uh, that's exactly what's happened. But but this sort of thing does happen. Uh, the the riders that people want slot into position, then everybody else sort of shuffles in after that. Uh, for me, Alex Laws has had a brilliant season. As far as been too intense and trying to have, that's a typically British rider thing. That most British riders are under ten percent people. It's whether they can sort of control that. And this weekend, Alex really controlled it well. He looked under less pressure for me this weekend, yeah. and that's what uh, gave yeah. him the results. He's had. He looked, he looked to be riding with. You know, yeah. less. He, he looked to be free. He Even looked, from looked Thursday like, practice, yeah, he sort he of meant re- business. He really good this weekend and looked really relaxed. Gusto. Yeah. How do you think he's going to go? What's your thoughts on on the changes for next year? Now people are going to go on what? At, I mean, mainly it's top rack and it's Alex. We're talking yeah. about we're having the biggest change because the machines are very different. I had a long chat with Phil Maron a couple of hours ago about just that, and he he was saying that top rack's going to have to adjust his style a little bit. The, bikes, the bike needs to be ridden in a different way and he thinks that it's going to take Top Rack a little bit of time to learn the, to learn the style that he needs to use um, to ride the Yamaha. Um, as for Alex going to Kawasaki, who knows? I mean, we know that he's a mega fast rider. He's matured really well this year. I mean, you know, I don't know, but I think he'll go really, really well. He's fast. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look, he hang on to Jonathan Ray. Look, there's no doubt about it. The Kawasaki is a better bike than the Yamaha, I think. I'm happy to say that. It doesn't have the top speed, and it and it just... I just don't think it's quite at the same level as the Kawasaki. And Alex clinged on to Jonathan Ray for 10 laps in that first race until his tyre goes or whatever it is that happens that means he has to drop back. But for Alex is riding that bike absolutely as best as you can get it. What do you reckon? Um, I don't... Th- I think... The, you say the Yamaha isn't as good a bike. I think the Yamaha is slightly longer in the tooth, if you like, in terms of the design of a bike. I agree with you, it has to be in a, a completely different way. If you... I mean, this is only going off what people tell us, and I yeah. understand quite a lot what yeah. people are, are telling me. The Yamaha is at its best, running through the corners, high corner speed, and to, to do that, and to let the electronics do their job, you have to get the bike let the bike settle before you get it into the corner and run it through the corner whereas the kawasaki very much uh, uh, get the thing stopped square it off and accelerate out the corner and you can see that from top right that's exactly the way that top right rides the bike and that's how he gets the best out of it so, really, so what you're saying is then that top right should have gone to kawasaki that's a mistake top right, nah, that's the he's, i think he's ridden the bike the way that he's got the best out of it for him I think a rider of top rack's uh, ability and youth is going to be able to get his head round riding a different way. Yeah. We've seen people change techniques. So how long bike. do you think? How long do you think that might take him? I actually rate top rack quite highly in terms of a rider. And, mm. and but hey, you can get the most intelligent rider in the world that cannot alter his style, and you can get a natural rider who, who does it dead simply. Uh, so I actually don't know. I think the Yamaha is. I think the Yamaha's capable of... I don't think it's such a bad bike, me. I think it's all right. When you look at it, I think it needs more engine. They've got a new bike out for next year that's... Mm. Let's be honest, it doesn't... When you look at it, it's like the new R6. It's the old R6 upgraded. It's not... It's it's evolution, not revolution, if you know what I mean. It's not a brand-new model yet. It's not every nothing but different. It, it's very similar to the old R1. Uh, they reckon they're going to be a rev it a little bit more. It's going to give a little bit more power. It works exactly the same way. But that's uh, what they need, isn't it? That's exactly. But I mean, that, that's where exactly. Alex, Alex has to push so hard that actually after 10 laps, he can't go anymore because the tire goes or wh- it wh- whatever it is. That, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's mind, it's very small. But, but Alex is a nothing. Alex is an all-in rider. You know, Alex isn't the type where you think, well, he's definitely got something in his pocket. Me, he's going out from the first yeah, lap. You know yeah. that. That's why we yeah. love watching him ride. Yeah. So he, if, if the bike hasn't got any more after 10 laps. It's not coming from anywhere because yeah. he's been full in from the first lap. So, yeah. but I think, I think we might see. And the good thing about this evolution for the new Yamaha model, not revolution, is that there's a lot of their data still going to count. It's not like they're starting from true. ground level like the Ducati was. I'll tell you what, just one last thing that someone in, who I won't name said in Kawasaki about Alex is that when they turn up for the test in Aragon, is it in Aragon? Uh, Aragon yeah. in, about, in November. Mid- November, yeah. yeah. He said what Alex has to do at that test is absolutely forget Jonathan Ray beside him. Forget him, don't even look at him, and just get on and do his own thing. And he said that's the really important thing, is just to forget Jonathan for the time being, because you can't, you can't expect to be 
He said it'd be a mistake if you think you can go in and try and be level with Jonathan, and actually he needs to progress slowly and in a in a in a orderly fashion, which actually and learn and learn, yeah. And Kawasaki are pretty good at that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how Alex works with Marcel as well. Yeah. Are you in the know about who Alex is taking with him from his crew? If anybody, I'm interested to know if if Pitt is involved. No, 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 he's not. Pitty's going to Vandermark. Is it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Top rack's bringing Phil Marin in. Right. Um, so Les is leaving Patterson. Les is leaving, yeah. And that's how it's going to work, yeah. So Pitt is shuffling across, and that's actually quite an interesting thing because we all rate Andrew Pitt so highly. And that's I why think, I'm asking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And actually, you know, the, the question for you is how important is the chemistry between crew chief and rider? And just before James answers that, what I'll also add is that Julio Nava's going to Honda with Bautista. You've already said Phil Marin's going with Top Rack. So like Giovanni Krupe's uh, coming with Reading by the sounds of it. So, it sounds yeah, like it. Yeah, so yeah, most of them are sticking together then. Yeah, they've got a bit of a bromance going on then, Pet. Chris Pike is um, going to Puchetti with Forres. Yeah, Chris, Chris Pike is, is... Everybody we've just mentioned there is top shelf yeah. crew chief. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. top shelf. Yeah. So... The, the, your question was how important is it? Unbelievably important. And the reason I asked about Pitt is... Go on, Pitt, go on, go on. Pitt, it's not just important. And other people, I think Phil Marron with Top Rat's been really important psychologically, not just mechanically. That's what I was going to say. You can see it midway. Look, obviously, there's a bit of gelling time yeah. um, between Phil and Top Rack. Yeah. It took till I don't know when, yeah, when he gets to trust him. Of course. You've got to trust the man. Yeah, you've got to remember Top Rack doesn't even speak English, and Phil's obviously Irish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's a tricky combination of things, but they clearly have built a real strong bond between them. Yeah. Top Rack sings Phil Marin's yeah. praises Which all the time. And actually, suddenly, Top Rack's become very consistent. Podium after yeah, podium yeah, after yeah, podium. Yeah. He really has become consistent. So this, communication. This is, why, this is why I were asking about um, particularly pity because our careers crossed. Yeah. His, his started as mine was ending, but we had a couple of three years together in World Supersport. And I'll tell you, as a 20-year-old kid, which 20-year-old kid thinks like a 45-year-old experienced, you know, veteran? Pity. And he always did. And he always he won a championship without winning a race. But but yet you knew we were going to finish it. And you'd have put it the other yeah. way around. I'd have yeah. thought, well, I'm going to finish. I've got 25 years' experience. He's a young kid. He, he probably shouldn't say this, but he had his nose put out of joint. Do you remember with uh, Honda at Tenkata? Yeah. With Jonathan getting the superbike ride yeah. over him. Yeah. I always remember that, actually. Yeah. But Andrew's turned into a brilliant crew chief, and he's a really, really bright guy. I like him but, a lot. Uh, not only that, a such a steadying influence. Such a steadying influence. He's, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a clever thinker. He, if, you know, I've had, I've had mechanics and crew chiefs that when something goes wrong, and something's always going to go wrong in this job, they're waving their arms about and getting upset. The Latin temperament sometimes with them comes out. Pity just kind of looks at the job, scratches his chin a bit, and there'll, and there'll be a, a sort of solution will yeah. pop out, you know, he's, he's, he's good. But all the ones I mentioned, I can't speak more highly of, you know, they're all, they're all clever lads. And the relationship between a rider and crew chief these days, it's everything. I don't know what you said, Charlie, about uh, the communication thing, the language thing, because when Lorenzo Savadori first went to SMR, he was working with Ian Lord at the time, and he never worked, he spoke English really well, but he'd never worked in English, and he said it was really, really difficult. Yeah, I can imagine that, actually. I mean, obviously... Well, I think um, Top Rack's been learning Irish, isn't he? <laughs> Top Crack, as he's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it is a really important thing, and it's. I think it's going to make it for a very interesting year because it's not just a you know, it is obviously a rider and crew chief team thing. Do you know what I mean? And actually, we've got some really good pairings next year. Yeah, I agree. Is it fair to say? I remember. Charles, you did an interview with Pereira during a stoppage at Imola that weekend when we had all those red flags two years ago, and he said at the time, not only are Kawasaki performing brilliantly with Jonathan Ray, in his opinion, but all of the other teams are underperforming. Do you think that's still the case, James? Are the others... Imagine Jonathan Ray was out of the equation. Would you be happy if you were any of the other riders or teams in the field with what you've achieved this year? Uh, in terms of uh, Benita beat Jonathan Ray, I'd be very disappointed, but if you think that's going to be easy... I, 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 like I've said before, I mean, I, everyone I, else has made the mistakes and had quite a few bad are, days. But I, they? But I think, it, for me, it's a fact that Jonathan Ray is better than anybody else in the championship as a rider. Mm. And there's no weak mm. point because he's got a good team, good crew chief, yeah. and a good bike. So, And he seems to find a problem and he'll solve it and he'll never make the mistake again. Will he? If he's made bad starts in the past, he'll sort that out. And he always makes good starts. He's always waits rap records on the first laps of races. I'm staggered by his motivation. I mean, even that, just that last race, 
I mean, have you? I've never seen a rider put more effort, effort into, into every yeah. single lap. Yeah. Outlap everything. I mean, they—he just is motivated. He's got energy. I mean, even at this, that last race, you know, I'm not saying anyone is ever going to turn around and go, oh, you know, all right, it's the end of the season, let him go. Yeah. But right at the end, he's doing lap after lap. I mean, his determination is amazing, considering what he's already achieved. And that's always, I've always thought that's quite impressive by Jonathan. He's just got that psyche of just not even really looking around at who he's competing against or anything. Just, it's just him and, his, and, his, and the lap times, you know? Right. The elephant in the room, then, somebody's going to have to ask it. Reading next year. Well, that's a bit harsh to call him an elephant. In terms of uh, how's he going to get on, on track and, uh, and what's he going to bring to the paddock? Because I think there's, there's two, that, that there is two things going to happen there. Was that an think, Indian elephant or an African, by the way? Well, uh, I think you're African with a bit. Monty Pythons now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know about Reading because you've seen a lot more of what he's done in BSB, yeah. but. Um, I was there last weekend, I was dead impressed with his work ethic. I mean, for a guy who's well known for his crazy antics off track, my God, he's determined, he's focused yeah. on track. Right? Oh, he's yeah, very yeah. smart. Seriously, I was dead, I was yes. really was quite, he wasn't what I was expecting, I have to say, when I had a, you know, when, when you see him, he's working really hard and he is on it. Um, I think he's done incredibly well with the circuits in England to do, to do so well on the Cadwells and Knock Hills and all that sort of stuff. So, I think, I mean, I don't know, what do you think? James, you've seen him all season. Did you yeah, I think, I think you're dead right. I think he, uh, he's he got a work ethic that's as good as anybody's. Uh, he knows when to have a laugh and, and be this kind of paddock clown and be daft on social and do handbrake turns in his transit yeah. van and all that and when to get down to business. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, and I think that's one of, well, I know, I know that's one of the reasons why he's been so popular in BSB this year. You know, the, the kind of uh, crowd surfing at Snetterton. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's brilliant for a championship. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, the he's paddock just, show and yeah. all that is going to yeah. be amazing. I mean, the one thing that this championship does get accused of every now and again is being a bit stale, right? Yeah. Which it is, actually. To let, let's be honest, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a business, yeah. no riders. I mean, even now when the riders have... That, you know, we all know they're moving, but the factories won't let them speak about anything. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. come on. And actually, Scott Redding is the antithesis of that. He's and I'll tell you what, I love that man. Yeah, and yeah. I'll tell you what, I hope he comes in and ruffles a load of feathers. I really do. I, I think, think he, he could, do yeah. I think he's ready to do that. Yeah. One thing I will say, he, he, he won't ruffle feathers in terms of uh, saying anything about any no, other no, 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 He's I mean, been brilliant the, in the UK. I mean, the track. Even, when he's, mm. even when he's won, he's given everybody credit for everything they've done. You know, yeah. he's, he's a clever lad that way. I think the fun... The fun kind of factor is going to uh, pick up next year within the paddock. Uh, I think that's brilliant for the championship. I think he's going to put people on gates, especially when we go to Donington. And on track, he's going to be, I think he's going to be good. Whether he's going to be a beat Jonathan is another thing, because that is not an easy what, job. What do you think the other riders think of him coming in? I think there's got to be, a, 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 certainly at this point where we're at now, when it's known he's coming, Everybody's talking about it. I think there's going to be a little bit of jealousy and they're going to be going, oh, yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah, you ain't going to find it easy. But I think once he gets in here... That, that, that's what they said about BSB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I did speak with Chas Davis the other day and he's really pleased, actually, because he said having another big guy on the bike, like me, is going to be great for bike development because there's been such a difference between Chas and Bautista. Charlie's making a funny face. You're not a big guy. No, not me. Like Chaz, these were Chaz's words. Oh, sorry, right. Not like me. I wasn't on the Ducati this year, Charlie. I think um, Batista's 12 kilos lighter than Chaz, I think, isn't he? Who is? Yeah, 11 or 12 kilos. Batista uh, in comparison yeah, with Chaz. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, uh, Redding isn't. Redding, Red, I reckon Redding will be heavier mm, than maybe. Chaz. He's a, he's a oh, stocky sure. lad, he is, yeah, yeah. Which also, you have to add Camia to Barney. Yeah. That's another big rider. I think that's a really so good actually, move. That, that, that's, I think it's a really good move. Yeah. Well, it's, do you know? <clears throat> I'm not sure. So Forres is going to Puchetti, Camier is going to Barney. I'm not sure I wouldn't have seen that happen. The other, it wouldn't be better around. the other way around, yeah, because mm. Chavi's really, we know he's done really well on that Barney Ducati yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and Leon, I think, would, would, would fit the Kawasaki really, really. I mean, obviously, it's not for me to say, but I just think, hmm, it's going to be really interesting to see how both of those riders yeah, pan yeah, out. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be really, I, I honestly think Chavi uh, would have gone better on the Ducati, I've got to say that, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's true. How's, what do you see, how do you see Chavi's BSB season? I think he's had his moments, I think he's been pretty consistent, but consistently not near enough to where we, at best, I would have seen him a little bit better than that. I what's think that? he's done. What's that part like? Uh, 
it's won races this year. I think the, the Honda hasn't been as bad as people have said it, it it's is. It's not as bad in that paddock as it is here. I don't think it is. <laughs> I, in, in, I don't think it is, and I think yeah. BSB rules have suited it a little bit better. And different circuits in Britain, you get different circuits. Yeah. You can't get more two more different circuits than Thruxton and let's say Knockhill or yeah. Cadwell. So you're always, always going to favour different bikes and different yeah. riders. So you're going to get different winners in BSB yeah. because of the nature of the circuits. Oh, why does it when you turn that microphone on him, he starts talking sense when he talks crap all the other time? Charlie's looking at me talking no, no, about whip, talking by the way, just for anyone yeah. listening. Um, becomes all, he suddenly becomes all intelligent and intellectual. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. You, James, would you like to answer that? that? It's like it's a backhanded compliment, yeah. No, no, it's respond to me. It's the last I one of the year. Say intelligence. You know that. <laughs> You're giving the impression now. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Charlie? Oh, he's, a, he's a bright lad, isn't I think, he? I, I think... Um, oh, I think that Cammy is staying in this championship is a really good thing. <laughs> He's changed the I, subject. I didn't want to. I didn't want to see him back in in BSB no. just yet because I like him and I think he deserves to be here. So is Haslam going to be on a Honda? Do you think? It sounds like it now. Yeah, as we sit here, just having seen the last race of the season, it, that's the word. That's, that's what the an, feeling that, is. That would make a lot of sense as well. Um, I would like to say well done Yamaha because they seem to be the only manufacturer at the moment that is actually thinking about the future yeah and the championship G GRT uh, yeah, yeah I agree Sulo, yeah. Um, Garrett Gerloff coming in next year the new R3 Cup starting the new R3 Cup actually why aren't the other man you know the, the blue crew thing yeah. why don't the other I spoke to Eric Desain on the grid earlier on and I asked him that I put that I put it to him and said why and he couldn't have put it any better than what he did he put it brilliantly didn't yeah, he yeah he, he actually did yeah. Yeah. brilliant um, somewhat um, lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say, he said, it's not Dawn's responsibility, it's the manufacturer's yeah. responsibility, didn't he? And actually, yeah. while we were sat here a second ago, Andy Vadoya, the 300 rider, came up and said hello. And I've heard he's going to be on a Super Sport 600 bike next year, so really? that would be a good example well, of one of those guys moving up. That's the other thing. I mean, Anna Carrasco, I asked her why she's not moving. I, I didn't ask her, I wanted to ask her why she's not moving up, because I don't think she is moving up. I think she's going to stay mm. in Super Sport 300. Mm. But she didn't say that. She said she's evaluating both sides. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, for me, Dorna need to just get a little bit more involved in what's happening Structure with these people. Yeah, because you look at BSB and Stuart Higgs is incredibly proactive about getting people into the right team or getting people into teams and making sure that they've got a decent championship. Whereas Dorna seem to do that in MotoGP, don't they? But they, not here. But they don't do it here. Exactly. exactly yeah. Yeah. And they, they fund the smaller teams in MotoGP as well. I don't know. Not that they can. Not that they're in a position to um, tell tell teams what to do or manufacturers what to do, but. They can. We all accept that we're all in this together, and we're all trying Making to achieve sure. the same thing. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to put a decent show on, and actually, that's the one thing where I think that um, Dorna could be a little bit more proactive in pushing and steering and guiding people like GRT. We need a bit more of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. What about the Randy Krimanaka situation? We were having a chat about this over dinner the other night. He's just won the World Championship, and well done, Randy, for that didn't make it easy for himself at times but he's won the world championship but he's been working really hard for a ride for next year we know he's going to mv it's yet to be confirmed but that's not right is it that a world champion is struggling to find a ride for next year and he's world champion as an official title but it doesn't seem to be reaping the rewards of what a world champion should be enjoying i, I kind of feel really sorry for randy because i had a long chat with him on thursday and regardless of the shenanigans that's going on in the team and stuff he, he, he made a really good point, right? And he said that he's a little bit different to most riders in that he doesn't have a sponsor. He has a number of sponsors. He spends the whole winter driving around in his van, driving to companies and getting 500 euros or 1,000 euros, okay? And he, and he puts it all together. It's a lot of hard work. And he said, the thing you have to remember is all of my sponsors, right, of which there are numerous, they are on for the ride, right? They come along and they say, right, we're gonna, we want this guy to be a world champion, yeah? And so we're in, yeah? And they've been in, and they've been in for a few years now, and now he is the world champion. And Randy says, now I'm the world champion, and we've all succeeded in what we wanted to do. I don't feel like I can go back to him and ask him for more money for next year, which I kind of understand that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that, that's, for, for me, if that's how he feels, it is sponsors, and that's got to be right. Mm. But I feel more generally about the super sport class, and it was a class I was involved in for a number of years and really loved it, but a very different time for the super sport series. And, and, and series come and series go. I mean, we used to love 500 GP bikes, but, but they came and they went, and, and things move on. The fact of it is, the super sport class was off the back of the manufacturers 20 years ago selling a load 
of 600cc sports bikes. Before that, it was 750s, which is why the original Superbike class was 750s. Doing it again, look. Talking absolute <laughs> sense. <laughs> if, the fact is, they don't sell, especially in Europe, they don't sell virtually any. 600 road machines so what is the point of honda being involved when the, the bike's nine years old ten years old the they, they are gonna have a factory team so people like krumanaka can win a world championship and not even be a paid rider he's paying for his ride so sad but it's it's the state of the super sport class at the at the minute that's the, the problem so to be charlie he's got and ask a tricky question whose responsibility is it to change that situation they've got to get a class that works and they've got to get a middleweight class that works i'm not saying i have the answers but i'm saying yeah, that's the problem yeah. but you cannot have these kids, there's going to be this new uh, Yamaha uh, Cup thing for next year for 12 to 15 year olds, then the idea is then they're going to Supersport 300 on virtually similar bikes, you know, same weight, same power, it's an easy step up, uh, and that's for 15 to 28 year olds, and then on from there. But what, what after 300 Supersport? You're looking at a bike with 50 brake horsepower, weighs 150 kilos, and then where are they going to go? If there's no Supersport or middleweight class, it's a massive jump up to Superbike. Impossible for anybody to do, or virtually impossible. To go, what, to go from a 300 up to a Superbike? Yeah, that's going to be, yeah. that's going to be dangerous. Yeah. 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 So what about the jump from Supersport 300 to what used to be stocks? Stock now, that's still a big jump. I mean, stock 600. Well, stock 600 is on the, in the same boat as super yeah. sport. Mm. So there's no 600s, yeah. there's no 600s. Yeah. Yeah. That's not ideal, is it, really? Then what are they going to do? I don't know what they're going to do. In in BSB, they're trying to address that by bringing this GP2 class in. That might work, um, but the bikes are going to be really diverse in terms of engines and chassis and brakes and everything else. So how do you make that fair on track? So something I think they need, to, they do need to do with these feeder series is develop the riders to be able to set up a bike and learn about the effects changes which, have and that's which, not honest, maybe the honest, case you're not going to be able to do on a super sport 300 because you can't that's a steel frame shopping bike but all those bikes are designed to be a2 license <laughs> yeah. compatible not yeah. to go racing on yeah. but they're also 75 grand cheaper than a moto 3 bike and that's that's the problem yeah. a moto 3 bike it, it, for them sat at home who don't know moto 3 is uh, obviously you've all seen moto 3 moto 3 bikes are single cylinder 250cc the best of the ones that's been in britain are ktms usually with uh, calic chassis and they are expensive, 70, 80, 90 grand to buy, two re engine refreshes a year to keep them up at about 55 or 58 brake horsepower, mm. and it's 10 grand per engine refresh. So you're gonna have, it's, a, really? it's a dear season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 yeah. grand for a refresh. Yeah, well, this is where 125s are brilliant, right? You got a 125, as long as you didn't ride the chassis off by crashing it, engine, bits were cheap, pistons were cheap, cranks were cheap, your dad could do it with a 10 mil spanner and a rusty set of scissors, right? Now, these KTMs, these, you can't work on them. You need somebody really specialist with a lot of special yeah. tools and knowledge to actually keep them running at the best. So, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Tricky one. It is a tricky one. doesn't know, nobody knows, I'm telling you <laughs> I was just going to say, I suppose now they can have, you know, they can afford a, a nice set of scissors at least, not a rusty set. Well, you, you get the point though. I mean, yeah, two, absolutely. two strokes, uh, yeah. Although there were these two-stroke gurus that yeah. were better than your normal people for tuning them, I and it was looked on as a bit of a dark art in the 70s and 80s, mm. uh, little RS125 Honda's brilliant, and they were 100% reliable. You know, you threw mm. bits at them when you needed Bits were cheap, pistons mm. were cheap, rings mm. were cheap, cranks were cheap. Not so with the, the motor three bikes. And, and I think it's going the right way in Britain that they're going for a championship where they're all running standard class, because when you're sat at the side of a track, can you tell what's got 55 brake horse and what's got... Yeah, exactly. 67 brake horse? Yeah. No. And does it, it really matter if they're two, three, four seconds a lap slower so as long as the race back, is good? Knock them back seven horsepower, yeah. right? Have them all the same and have them lasting all year and have Dad not having to spend 10 grand twice a year on engine mm -hmm. rebuild. Do you reckon, James, it's easier now with all these talent cups and pre-moto three in Italy and junior supersport and all the rest of it to get involved in racing? Or is it, in a way, even more difficult now because there's a set channel you almost have to go through? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Everything's set up to create a kind yeah. of path upwards. Yeah. And, it, and in my early days racing, it won. you went racing with usually with a mate or your dad, a motorbike, a van, you drove it there and you wanted, you went because you wanted to go. You really desperately wanted to go racing. You didn't necessarily think you were going to be world champ, mm. and maybe I'm wrong, but you definitely had more fun. It seemed to be more fun then. The less people at Paddock complaining, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some kids in the junior category who so you can tell aren't really in it for the right reason. Sometimes it's the parents who want them to do well. Yeah, and, I, and I'll be honest, this uh, Yamaha Cup that's going off next year, brilliant idea. I, I, I really admire Yamaha for going about this and, like, 
Charlie says, getting involved and creating something of a, a kind of a, a, a talent pool, a, a talent base. Mm. That's brilliant. Why be right when you can go left? Eurosport, the number one sport destination in Europe, has announced a new addition to its motorsport portfolio after signing a new five-year deal with the BSBA, the British Speedway Promoters Association, to screen British Speedway live in the UK. Starting in 2020, Eurosport will broadcast live on-site coverage from 18 rounds across the domestic SGP Premiership League season. Highlights from every round will also be available free to wear on channels Quest and DMAX, also part of Discovery's UK channel network. Viewers will also be able to stream all of the action live and catch up on demand via Eurosport Player, available anytime, anywhere on desktop and mobile. So, Speedway comes to Eurosport from 2020. Why be right? when you can go left. Just before we go then, what can we look forward to in 2020? Charles, what are you most looking forward to in 2020? Seems like a bit of a long way off, but it'll come around quick for the pilot in February. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of things actually. Obviously Scott Redding coming to the championship, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to BMW, because um, I think that they've, they've done really well this year. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what Tom and Eugene can do on that bike. And I'm desperately, I'm so, so looking forward to seeing what Honda bring. Because yeah. we don't know. It's, Wit, Wit, Wit says it's a transformer. We don't really know what they're going to turn up with. And uh, they've, they've, they've been really annoying this year because they just don't talk to us. No, yeah. Nothing. There's nothing coming out. Leon Cami has not been able to say a word. We get whispers from various places. But I've asked, almost every round I ask for an interview with somebody and they just won't tell us anything, which is like... Why not? What's the big secret? Just give us an idea of what it's what it's going to be. Otherwise, we just guess. All right, so, so I probably unprofessionally just report on all the rumours and make things up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? That's where the entertainment side of it is going away a bit, isn't it? I, this new Honda that's coming out, and there definitely is a new Fireblade coming out. A little uh, wing thing as well. Oh, we've heard all sorts of stuff. And you know what it's going to be? We're all going to look at it when we first see it and go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fireblade again. What, I, what, I what we, we really need to do is we need to have a camera on Bow Bow when he first sees it. When, yeah. he, when he comes yeah. in from his first ride, that would be quite interesting to see. Is on, or does he know something we don't, Charles? Well, I asked him in. Uh, I asked him a bit of an impertinent question quite recently in really? Park Ferme, <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in Argentina, where he comes in. Um, I think he'd won the first race and great race, bloody bloody blah, blah. And I said, look, you come to a track right that you don't know in the World Superbike Championship. Yeah, you get pole position mm. and you win the first race yeah. you come in you kiss the bike are you sure you've made the right decision and he said ha 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 and gave a nice corporate answer but afterwards when he turned away from the camera i said to him hey alvaro you know i have to ask you that question basically and, you know no hard feelings whatever and he's really cool right but i said i then said to him you know the reason i ask you that is because we like having you here winning and doing really well and challenging jonathan and he said don't worry he said i'll be here next year with a, almost with a glint in his eye. Here, meaning here in Park Ferme, in, in the top three. So maybe he does know something that, that we don't. I hope believed all my rumours that I made up about wings and transformers. And transformers. <laughs> 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 he thinks he's got an Optimus Prime that's going to take him to the title based on what you said. Yeah, I hope he hasn't believed me. Now, nah, there's all sorts of rumours flowing about, about that. <laughs> the interesting thing, isn't it, is that I, I was told by a very good source at Honda that, that the, this whole project is... They, they're hacked off with being beaten at the A-Tower, right? It all revolves around the A-Tower. And what they've been doing at the beginning of the season is getting what they know works on the A-Tower bike, putting it into the World Superbike. Now, that also adds up with getting Haslam in, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. That actually, yeah. this is all about the A-Tower. Now, that's, that's a really nice theory, but... It's not just about the A-Tower, because no, you're we, in World we Superbikes. Well we need them to do well here. And yeah. actually, they, they, for me, they made a massive cock-up at the beginning of the season by saying, here we are, HRC, HRC and Miriwaki, and, you know, yeah. here we are. Yeah. And what they should have said was, look, we're not going to do anything this year. Yeah? I mean, yeah. Camille's not allowed to move the bars, the footrest, nothing, right? They're, they're, they're doing something to build something new, whatever that is. But they did trump themselves up at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then suddenly, you bring in Keo and he's last regularly. He, I mean, the most downtrodden, sad, lonely figure I've ever seen. And they shouldn't have 
G'd themselves up. They should have kept quiet. All this for me is underpinned by the fact it's Honda. It's Honda. This is the company who, so they didn't have to go two-strokes in the 60s. They built a six-cylinder motorcycle that ref to 22,000 RPM in the 60s to compete. Then when they decided they were going to go two-strokes, they built better two-strokes than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I have no experience of that. So you cannot... I cannot believe that if they wanted to, Honda haven't got the wherewithal to compete at the front of this. And it's the mm. fact, I derive from that, that they probably haven't put enough effort in that annoys me a little bit. Well, would we have believed sat here this time last year that a new V4 Panigale with a debutante rider in this class was going to win the first 11 races of the new season in dominant fashion? I don't know, but I love it. I find it, I find it really romantic that the, the little Ducati, yeah. by comparison, have actually outsmarted Kawasaki a little bit. I mean, obviously, Jonathan won the title because he is exceptional, but Ducati come in and they build their secret weapon and they come in and they flatten everybody for the first, like I said, for the first 11 races, and I love that. I find it really quite romantic. Yeah, and they did have a full development year, didn't they, the year before last year? A little bit like what Honda's no, been they, doing they, recently. They looked at a rule book and they went, right, that's the rules we've got to work to, and they just did a better job yeah. of interpreting them than anybody yeah. else. And all this, you know, at the beginning of the year, Kawasaki, oh, yeah, but we build, a, we build a proper road bike, they build an homologation special. Actually, Kawasaki's new bike, yes. with the finger valves and all that to give the team more revs, yeah. they built 500 only, the minimum they had to build to homologate that new model. Mm. Ducati built 1,500. I mean, albeit... It's a dearer bike, and the Ducati people, road-going Ducati lads, tend, generally have a few quid and they'd buy it anyway, so they yeah. can you know, afford to build a few more. But yeah. wasn't an emulgation special the same as Kawasaki was? I've got a question for you here. What about budget? And that argument that people saying, well, you know, Kawasaki don't have a MotoGP project. They've got, well, you know, Kawasaki Heavy Industries is a massive company and Ducati are much, much smaller. But do you think that is, is there any gravity in that argument? I think the much, much smaller bit, there's no gravity in that because you can make your team as small and as dedicated as what you want. If you're a big setup, can't you? How can't you? I mean, budget wise. Budget wise, budget's important, and uh, because Kawasaki aren't at uh, MotoGP and spending a lot of money doing that, well, you'd have to think they have, not only they probably have more budget to throw at World Superbike, but Actually, it means a little bit more to them because it's the only thing they can possibly be successful in because they're only competing in that. So I think there is some mileage in that. The cat is the one you've got to look at and say, good luck to them and flipping well done because they run, they run both and they run it from a, a lot smaller kind of company. So. Yeah. Claudio Domenicali did another interesting tweet recently. I think it was just after Argentina or just before around Argentina time. And he said, congratulations, Jonathan Ray. Congratulations, Mark Marquez. But we will not rest on our laurels until we are world champions, Ducati, in both championships. So they desperately want them, don't they? Of course they do. I mean, Ducati is a... The, the DNA of Ducati is racing bikes. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they, they yeah. sell road bikes now and they produce superb road bikes, the, the sexiest looking things on the market. However, there was the time when they didn't and they were clunky old flipping tractors, right? And they still ran them and they still raced. So, you know, they're, they're a racing company. Very highlight of the season before we go, Charlie Hisgott, if you had to think of one funniest or most entertaining, most satisfying moment of 2019, what is it? I think that's quite easy to answer, actually. I think race one at Magna Call, yeah, me too. that was just brilliant. If it was like that all the time, and that's how it used to be, actually, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I don't, then again, you don't want to race like that all the time because it'll devalue it a bit, but that was fantastic. And if they're going to race like that all the time, not, not always at Magna Call, either. <laughs> it's a great track, though. I like Magna Call, don't you? No. Uh, it's, 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 there's not a lot inspiring about it. When I raced there, I didn't, it wasn't one of my favourites, and it's uh, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. The highlight for me was the race one at Banglicourt, and especially because of the fact it came off the back of a three-day road trip by me, Charlie, and uh, Matt Roberts down uh, through the top end of France, which we really enjoyed. Went to see a couple of sort of uh, Second World War battlefield sites and World War One. so it was a good trip. A nice calm drive home. Tell you what, halfway up, France, it's not brilliant weather, and, and we're rushing, to be fair to Charlie, we were rushing to get um, a tunnel that was specific time, and we were trying to get it, and we we're pushing on a little bit, and Charlie's banging on a, a reasonable rate, uh, I won't say what it was, but 
I'm sat in the back thinking, eh, here we go, and it's getting breezy and the car's moving around a bit. Matt Roberts was first to crack. <laughs> he says, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> you're going to have to slow down, I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> and, and then you and missed, missed the tunnel by five minutes. <laughs> we missed didn't you? it, yeah, by five minutes. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, highlight of the year, we've already done that. Uh, Daryl, do you want to say some last words? Because you featured on the show earlier on. You have to come around because this microphone cable is not long enough. You don't want to. Daryl, the cameraman, has had enough. What was your highlight of the year, Daryl? I'll tell, the view, I'll tell the listeners what you say. No, the plane tomorrow. Oh, the plane You're just ready to get home. And our colleague Steve English is opposite. Steve, what was your highlight? Come around, Steve. Come around. Come around quick. Run. Steve, of course, does the World Free Commentary. We've heard him in a few of those champion video clips. Hello, Stevie. Have you had a good weekend? I have, Greg. It's been a great weekend. <laughs> what have you made of the year this year? I mean, it's been what a turnaround. What a turnaround. Yeah, I'm sure you boys have already talked about it, yeah. but like this has been a championship that Bautista threw away more than Johnny won in a lot of ways. And oh, that's uh, interesting. That, we, that, we were asking yeah, that before. You'd have had an argument over that earlier on. Well, I think it's hard to argue with it, though, because mm. when you look at the amount of mistakes on when they occurred, yes, yeah, there was races where he didn't have to push hard. If you look at those early races in Jerez and Mizano, he'd already well, shown that the bike... Because Kawasaki would put him under pressure. But in those races, he was already comfortably clear. He was in, so in Jerez. In Jerez, he was already a second and a half in front yeah, at the end of the so first half. why did he fall off? Because he made a mistake. Okay, Mizano. Because he Laguna. made a mistake. Laguna. <laughs> well, Laguna, Laguna, Laguna was another clear mistake from yeah. him as well because he tries to attack on Chaz Davis when he doesn't have to. Mm. He tries to make a move down into, I think it was down so into... So what you're saying is Alvaro mucked it all up for him instead of Kawasaki winning it? I would say that, yeah. No, I, just I think, I think, I think like, don't get me wrong, Johnny puts an unbelievable amount of pressure on Bautista by having all those second-place finishes. This is going to be one of those arguments, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. So, so Steve and I quite often get into an argument where <laughs> even though one of us could be either of us is absolutely is really uncomfortable with the sort of with the side that they've taken but you have to try and argue your point anyway and this is this is totally like you to do that really <laughs> well, you know. it's like charles to argue his point is Where it magic happens, i did I, I did have someone say charlie's quite keen to get his opinion across earlier this weekend yeah, 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 i gave them that impression um yeah i know but they did spectacularly throw away a massive advantage didn't they yeah and we saw again this weekend how big that advantage is when we went on board with bautista on the start finish trade he was passing top rack like top rack was on a 600 yeah. so you've got that clear advantage all the way through the year and i'm sure like Whit would have said that if you are always given the option between two bikes with one that's got a big top speed advantage and one that doesn't and they do the same lap time you're always going to take the one you'd that's fast straight you'd have 100% you'd have the fast one yeah you would there's no question that you'd risk it wouldn't you Alright, we'll end it there then. Thanks for popping in, Steve, by the way. Unless you had anything else to say. No, nothing at all, Greg. You could ask you could ask Steve about the golf. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, very quickly, Steve English appeared in the Qatari newspaper this week because there was a golf match. Who won by the way? I didn't win, uh, is the important thing. Fabian Faure won. Fabian Faure won. The thing is actually not the golf that happened on the Thursday. The really important thing is the golf that happened on the Wednesday, isn't it, Steve-O? This is, this is, this is very true. Wednesday, yeah? This is very Either. true. No, I wasn't there, but uh, Fabio could not wait to tell me that Steve-O, who's a really good golfer, right? make no mistake about it. And then you've got Dave Rocky Ryan, who looks after Alex Lowe's, and who is a novice, not a novice, is he, but he, I mean, he, he plays a lot. Rocky's <laughs> been playing for two years now. He's got plenty of experience. Well, anyway, uh, Rocky won. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like uh, the karting scenario at Magni Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles walks off, and on that bombshell, we end the 2019 Full Throttle podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining us, and I'm going to drive James Whittam back to the hotel because he needs to leave at 20 past five in the morning for his flight. So thank you very much to all of you for listening and watching on Eurosport this year, and we'll be back sometime in the very near future. We'll speak to you soon. 